God. Amen. Aren't you grateful that there's somebody bigger, better, stronger than you? Amen. 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 We had some other candidates that uh, were preparing for baptism, but there was sickness in their family. We're going to do another baptism maybe next month to catch those up. Amen. God is good. Amen. In your, uh, let's see, there's the remote. I found that dude. Amen. We got it. Okay. If you have a smartphone, go ahead and open it up. And uh, you can find uh, the uh, YouVersion Bible app. And open the YouVersion Bible app. Lower right-hand corner is the More button. And then halfway down, press Events. And then select Cassidy Assembly of God. And all of the slides of today's message will be there for about a week. And you'll have that to review as well. Amen. In your bulletin today, there is a study guide, so go ahead and open your bulletin. If you are here, you can do that. If you're online, uh, good luck. Amen. (laughs) I think the church website has some resources, and uh, we certainly will have that available to you in a few days if we don't have it today. Amen. I want to mention before we get into our study today that uh, church membership is next Sunday and we normally do that in September. I've, I've had some people that wanted to be members, but they're in, like in rehab in the hospital or, uh, or something like that. And so we may end up postponing it a few days just to accommodate uh, those. But if I'll let you know next week. In the meantime, go ahead and fill out the card and turn that in, and we can get you processed. Amen. God is good. I heard about an old man, an older man, that had decided that his old wife, because they were both aged, that his wife was getting hard of hearing. And so he called the doctor to make an appointment to have the hearing check for his wife. And the doctor said he could see her in about two weeks. And so the husband made the appointment for his wife. And the doctor said, well, in the meantime, you can do an informal test that will help me to determine what level of hearing loss that she has. And it's a real simple test, informal. You can do this. Anybody can do it. And so here's what you do. He says, uh, start about 40 feet away. Just somewhere in the house, 40 feet away. And just in a normal conversational tone, speak to her and see if she hears what you're saying. He said, okay, I'll do that. And then he said, now, then if she doesn't hear, then move to 30 feet and then to 20 until you get a response. And then that will tell me the level of her hearing loss. She said, okay, doc, I believe I could do that. And so that evening, she was in the kitchen. She was cooking dinner or supper. And he's in the living room about 40 feet away. And he says, you know, I'm about 40 feet away. I'm going to test this out and just see, you know, what her hearing loss is. And so he said in a normal conversational tone, he said, honey, what's for supper? No response. Hmm. And then he moves to the other end of the living room about 30 feet away and he says, honey, what's for supper? No response. And then he moves into the dining room about 20 feet away and says, honey, what's for supper? No response. And then he moves to the edge of the kitchen door, about 10 feet away from her, and she's cooking, and he says, Honey, what's for supper? No response. And so he walks right up behind her and says, Honey, what's for supper? 
And she says, for the fifth time, chicken. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, our theme for this year is walking with God. I think it's commendable for us to have a desire to walk with God. And the example that we've been studying is Abraham, a wonderful example in the Bible because he was called the friend of God. And he had an intimate encounter with God over a long period of time. And God was revealing himself through this process. And so today... We're learning how to walk with God, and we're looking again at the life of Abraham, and we're looking at another area of his life, and we come to that point in his life where God fulfilled the promise to him, and in this passage, and and we understand that it is a time of great joy, a time of joy in their lives. Can you remember a joyful time in your life? Can you remember a time when you were just overwhelmed with joy? And for some of you, it'll be when your first baby was born. And others, maybe when they got married. And others, when the great-grandchild came along for the first time. And it was a time of great joy. You remember it. And it will always be etched in your mind as one of the most joyous days of your life. Amen. Inevitably, those times of great joy were most often preceded by times of less than joyous days. And that's why this day of great joy maybe stands out in contrast to those other times. It reminds me of an encounter that Marcia and I had shortly after we were married. And someone had gifted us with a can of mixed nuts. I don't think they were sending a covert message that they thought we were nuts, but a can of mixed nuts. Now, Marcia and I, we enjoyed that can of mixed nuts, and what we found was each of us was digging for the same nut. How many know what I'm talking about? Can you guess what nut it was? It was a cashew, that's right. For some reason, when you're eating all those other nuts, there's one nut that just kind of is a little better, a little sweeter, a little, it's it's smoother. It's just, you really want to get, and so she was upset at me because I got the last cashew. Well, a few days later, I discovered the most wonderful thing at the grocery store on the nut aisle. Not that nuts are on the aisle, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, I discovered a can... That was filled only with, hello, cashews. Oh man, I thought this is going to save my marriage. (laughs) Amen. We're no longer having these little tiffs about who got the last cashew. We'll just have all the cashews we want and we'll have a joyous encounter. And so we were in the car, we were going somewhere and I pulled that out of the sack and I think we're going to Oklahoma or somewhere to see my folks or or Houston to see her folks and I said, look what I got for you baby, this jar of cashews is going to save our marriage. She said, oh I love cashews and so we pulled that and opened it up and got it and so I got me a handful, she got her handful and I got me another handful and after about five handfuls, guess what, I was tired of cashews. 
I didn't want to see another cashew. If I never saw another cashew on that whole trip, I'd have been, you know, I'd been perfectly well. And, uh, and what I discovered was that it was all of the other nuts that made the cashews taste better. And so if it wasn't for the peanuts, the cashews wouldn't taste as good. And if all you have is cashews, it just doesn't have the same effect. And so that was the spiritual truth I wanted to share with you today. <laughs> because we have these times of great joy that come to us, but they're rare. And the thing that makes them stand out so often is the other common days when you don't have those special things happening. And so it's the great contrast that even makes this more euphoric. I'll never forget that one special day in December of 1981 when the doors of the back of the sanctuary opened and the organist began to play that march, the wedding march. And I saw my bride. I was standing at the front with the pastor and groomsmen and bridesmaids and I saw my bride, and she was beaming. She was laughing. She was joyous. And she laughed all the way down the aisle. And through the ceremony, she laughed. And while the minister was repeating these serious vows, she was laughing because she was so full of joy. Amen. And at that moment, Marcia was not thinking about any other relationship she may have had, any other bowl she may have had in the past. She wasn't thinking about tears and sorrow that she had cried. No, all of her tears that she may have cried were in the past, and now they were replaced with joy and laughter. Tears of joy. And that's what I want to speak to you about today, not getting married, although that would be a great idea for some, I'm sure. Amen. But walking with God... And turning your sorrow into joy. Turning your tears into laughter. Amen. And so we're looking, our text is Genesis chapter 21. We'll get there in just a moment. But let's review a little bit the life of Abraham. And bring you up to where our text begins today in chapter 21. And we're looking at the life of Abraham and observe that this has been a progressive revelation of God to Abraham and to Sarah. He didn't start out knowing everything in God's plan that God was going to have him involved in. He started out just by hearing a guy, a Lord, show up and say, hey, I'm God and, and I want you to follow me and leave this land of Ur of Chaldees and come over to Canaan, the promised land. And I, I'm going to bless you along the way. And that was the first revelation that he got. And so along the way, as he followed the Lord, as he walked in obedience, in uh, chapter 11 and chapter 12 is when he's leaving Ur of Chaldees. And the Lord made a promise that he would have many descendants. He would have many descendants. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, the revelation came to him. And again, it's progressive, one bit at a time. And he says, in you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. I'll bless them that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you. All the families are going to be blessed because of you. Well, that's a great revelation. And in the next chapter, he gives another part of the revelation. He says, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. 
that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. And so a period of time has now gone by, 25 years to be specific, since he received this revelation from the Lord. And now there's a major problem. They were told they were going to have all these descendants. And the major problem is they're both too old to have kids. He's 100 years old and she is 90 years of age. And Sarah is 90. Abraham is 100. And she had been barren all of her married life. And if you think about it, if she was a bride at the age of, say, 15, which was very common in that culture to get married by the age of 15... That now she is 90 years of age, so 75 years, 75 years she has been married and barren. And she is well past the normal age of childbearing. Scripture tells us in chapter 18, now Abraham and Sarah were old and well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Back in chapter 15, verse 2, Abraham began to talk to God about this and said, Now, Lord, what will you give me, seeing that I go childless? You gave me this promise of all these descendants, and I don't have any descendants, and my wife is old, and I'm old, and who's going to be my heir? Where are these descendants going to come from, Lord? The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Now, we don't have a clue who this is. Scripture is silent. There have been a lot of conjecture. A lot of thinking, and one had thought, well, maybe this was a distant relative, and perhaps so. Perhaps it was another name for Lot, his nephew, that was one supposition. And then another has supposed, well, maybe it's a household servant that was loyal to him, that was, this, they had a child in his house, and, and uh, this would be the only uh, logical heir, perhaps. Well, we don't know who this is, but, and so Abraham, he's talking to God, and the next verse he says, now look, God, look. You have given me no offspring. And so indeed, the one born in my house, is he my heir? Is this the one, Eliezer of Damascus? Is this the one that's going to be my heir? And Scripture says, the word of the Lord came to him. And said, this one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And then the Lord takes him outside. It's dark. It's night outside. He takes him outside. And he says, look up into the heavens. He says, now, what do you see there? I see a bunch of stars. He said, I count those stars. If you're able to do it. He said, so shall your descendants be. He said, you see those stars? He said, yeah. He said, I did that. You did what? I made those stars. You did that, Lord? Yeah. And I can imagine this cosmic light show. All of a sudden, stars are shooting everywhere. And he says, wow. And he said, yeah, I did that too. You did that? Yeah. And Scripture says in the next verse, And he, Abraham, believed the Lord. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. Amen. He was made right with the Lord at that point. Because he, by faith, he believed in the Lord. Now remember, up to this point, the purpose of God, the plan of God was slowly being revealed to him. 
And the covenant was being established with him, and yet Abraham and Sarah did not have the full revelation of how the Lord was going to bring about all these descendants into their lives. And as a result, they grew impatient. Of course, none of us would ever grow impatient. And they acted in the flesh to accomplish God's purpose. And chapter 16 describes it, Sarah, actually Sarai before her name was changed to Sarah. Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded her voice. The voice of Sarai. And so there's desperation that she's come up with this plan. And there's no doubt that she had longed to have children all of her life. And no doubt she cried tear after tear. Every time someone had a baby shower, she was reminded of her own barrenness. If they did baby showers back then. And so she had cried all these tears all these years, and that one thing that she had, she was not able to obtain. And so in her final act of desperation, she comes up with a plan to have a surrogate mother birth a child that she could help raise. Perhaps, and she says, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And we know what happened next. Ishmael is born, and his mother is Hagar. And Abram is his daddy. And so Ishmael was a birth of the flesh. It was not something that that God did, but it's something that man did. Man could produce this. It was not the fulfillment of the promise of God, which is only what God could produce. And then we move into chapter 17. And the Lord is establishing a covenant in this chapter. And in this passage, He changes Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham. In Genesis 17:5, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. Yet there's only one boy, and it's Ishmael. And then God said to Abraham, as far as Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Remember, the revelation of God is progressive. And in this next verse, verse number 16, for the very first time in the revelation of God's plan, the very first time the Lord revealed His plans to Abraham that Sarah is actually going to be a mother. Up until this point, He had not revealed that. He had only revealed that Abraham was going to be the father. Now, remember how old they are. Abraham's 100 years old. And Sarah is 90 years old. And God, in this next verse, here, let's look at the verse. In verse 16, and I will bless her. Her name will be no longer Sarai, but Sarah. She'll be the mother of many nations. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations, of kings, of peoples, shall be from her. And that was a revelation. 
that he had not had before. Remember, he's 100 years old and she's 90 years old. And God is saying, oh, by the way, your bride of 90 years of age is going to get pregnant. She's going to have a son. Now, observe how this great man of faith, who had looked at the stars and believed in God and it was accounted as righteous, he was saved at that point. Look how this man of God, how he responds. The great man of faith, in verse 17, in faith he responds, how he responds to the Lord's plan. He didn't just snicker. He fell down on his face and belly laughed. It was the funniest thing that he had ever heard in his life. She's 90 years old, she's going to get pregnant, I mean, give me a break, God. you got to be kidding. Basically, he thought the Lord was joking. Here's a verse of scripture. Abram fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who's a hundred years old? Oh my, and Sarah, oh my land, she's 90 years old. And she bare a child? And Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He said, that's the funniest thing I ever heard. He basically thought the Lord was joking. Because he says to him in verse 18, he says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. See, the only descendant he had at that time was Ishmael. And Abraham still didn't get it. In his mind, the answer to the descendants that he's going to have is going to come through Ishmael. He didn't really understand God's promise coming through a different means. And the Lord spoke to him in the next verse and said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you will call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I've heard you. Behold, I've blessed him and I will make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at the set time next year. Don't you notice that last phrase? She will bear to you at this set time next year. Friends, there is a set time. A set time for the promise to come. A set time. We'll come back to that in a moment. And so the Lord visits Abraham. And he reveals to him more of his plan for Sarah. This is the passage in chapter 18 when the Lord and two angels come to his tent door. And how can I hide that which I'm about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah? You know, that passage. But in that conversation, in verse number 9, the Lord said to Abraham, Where is Sarah, your wife? And so he said, Well, she's in the tent, Lord. She's in the tent behind me. And he said, Well, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold... Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now Sarah was listening in the tent door behind him at the time. And and Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I've grown old, shall I have the pleasure of being, you know, my Lord being old also? Abraham, my, uh, my husband, is being old also? 
And the Lord said to Abraham, he said, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And I notice this next phrase, at the appointed time. Say that with me. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And finally, verse 15, Sarah denied it, saying, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. And the Lord said to her, No, you did laugh. You see, Sarah had to get an understanding of who it was that was making the promise to her. She had to get her eyes off of her circumstance and get her eyes on the Lord rather than on the impossibility of her situation, of her circumstance. She had to step out of the tent of unbelief and step into the doorway of faith. And friends, I've got a word for you today. And that word is the same that we've admonished for Sarah. And that word is, uh, we've got to get our eyes on the Lord and off of our circumstance. Because if you keep your eyes on your circumstance... Uh, you're not going to have a lot of faith. You've got to have your eyes on the Lord because He is the one who declared, is there anything too hard for me? He is the God of the impossibility. And she had to step and we have to step out of our tent of unbelief and through the doorway of faith in order to possess the promise of God. Now let's talk about this visitation from the Lord. Because there is a time in all of our lives when the Lord will visit us. Amen. In Genesis chapter 21, which is our text, and all this has been kind of review up to this point. In Genesis chapter 21, verse 1, it says, The Lord visited Sarah. And the Lord did for Sarah as He had spoken. Now, there are at least two or three things in this one verse of Scripture we're going to unpack. And the first one is this first phrase, And the Lord visited Sarah. Now, when the Lord visits, He will normally visit for one or two purposes. One of those is a good thing. And that is to bring blessing. Amen. Could you use a blessing today? Oh, amen. Now, the other situation when he visits is less than blessing. It is a time to bring correction, to bring judgment, to bring punishment. And I've got a word today, and that word is the Lord is going to visit you. He's going to come. He's going to visit you. And when he comes, it will be for one or two reasons. Amen? He will bring blessing upon you, or He will bring correction to you. And of the two, I think I would rather have the blessing. Amen. But sometimes I think what I think and what the Lord thinks are not the same. Amen. And so when He comes, He will either bless you or judge you, depending on how we respond to the Word. If we have obeyed His Word, then we position ourselves for the Lord to visit us with blessing. And if we have not obeyed the Word, and our lives are not in harmony with the Word of God, we're living in disobedience to the Word, 
Well, he may visit you with correction and with judgment and punishment for our sin. In Exodus 32, the Lord spoke to Moses. And he said, whoever has sinned against me, I'll blot him out of my book. Now, therefore, go lead the people to the place where I've spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, notice this, in the day when I, what, visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. And so there's plenty of scriptures that talk about that he will visit for blessing and he will visit for sin. And in this passage, in Genesis chapter 21, the Lord visited Sarah. And when he visits her, he did it for blessing. And now the next phrase in that passage, when the Lord visited Sarah, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken, he did for her according to what he had spoken. In other words, according to the word. So the object... Of his visit, the purpose of his visit, the reason that he visited Sarah was to confirm his what? Oh, you guys are sharp. The object or purpose of his visitation to Sarah was to confirm his promise, to confirm his word that he had given to her. Now, what do you think the object and purpose of his visit to you will be? I believe it will be the same as it was to Sarah. I believe the object and purpose of the Lord's visitation to us is to confirm the promise of the word that he's already spoken in our hearts. And as we read the word of God, we read the promises of God that says we can believe and receive. We read the promise that says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. And we read the promise of God that says he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Amen. And as you lay hold of the promises of God, when He visits you, His visitation is for the purpose to confirm the word or the promise that He's already placed in your heart. Amen. Well, that's good preaching anyway. Amen. Praise God. And so the Lord did for Sarah as He had spoken. He did for her according to His word. So the object of His visit, His purpose, was to confirm the word. That is why... We have to stand on the promise that we have received from the Word of God and stand upon it in faith until what? Until the appointed time of His visitation. Praise God. Which leads us to the next point in our study, and that is there is a set time for the fulfillment of the promise. Praise God. And God was very specific with Abraham according to the timing of the birth of the promised child Isaac. In chapter 17, verse 21, he said, My covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. It was a set time, a very specific time. In chapter 21, which is our text, it says, And the Lord visited Sarah, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. Verse 2 says, For Sarah conceived, and bore Abraham a son in his old age at... The set time of which the Lord had spoken to him. And notice it says that Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son at the set time which the Lord had spoken to him. Obviously, the conception was after the Lord had visited her in verse 1, but it was at the set time. 
And I've got a word for you again. Hey, Pastor, you've got a lot of words for us. Okay, it's a, it's a wordy message. Amen. And this word was, there is a set time. Not only is there a time the Lord wants to visit you, but there is a set time for the Lord to fulfill what He has promised in His word to fulfill in your life. There is a set time. And in your family's life, just because it hasn't happened yet, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It only means that we've got to wait on a set time for the promise to be born of what He had spoken in His Word. Now, why the delay? That's a good question. Clearly, there was something that God wanted to do in Abraham and Sarah's life to delay this 25 years. They've been waiting since they first got the promise. Clearly, there's something he wanted to do. God wanted to develop something in Abraham and Sarah that took time to develop. I wonder what it was. I believe God wanted to develop character within them. That God could trust them to follow His purpose, to follow His plan. When time passes by and you haven't received the answer to your prayer... And you prayed and prayed, and it hasn't happened yet. We're tempted to break off our relationship with God. We get mad at God. We start blaming Him. And instead of drawing closer to God, we draw further away from God. And we begin to question God's motives. And God, you know, are you even able to do this? And I've got a word from you now. It's never, ever that God can't do a mighty work but rather that He has chosen in His sovereignty not to when character is not in place. The prophet Isaiah spoke a word to his listeners, to the people that he ministered to, that demonstrated that there was a lack of character in their own hearts that kept them from receiving and hearing from God. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that He cannot save, nor His ear heavy, that He cannot hear. The problem is not with God. Amen. The problem is your iniquities have separated you from God. Sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. The problem is on your end, not on God's end. And here's a point, when character is not in place, then God begins to work on your heart, and it takes time for that to happen. Remember, Jesus was doing miracles from city to city, and he comes to his own hometown, and all of a sudden there's not very many miracles. Remember that passage? Jesus didn't do many miracles in his own hometown because of a heart of unbelief. The character wasn't there to believe God. Faith wasn't there to believe God. And Matthew... 13 verse 58 is the passage. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I thought you said it was a heart deal. Well, it is. Look, in Hebrews 3.12, Beware, brethren, lest it be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief and belief comes from the heart. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and with the heart you believe unto righteousness. Believing comes from your heart. That's where faith comes. And that's where unbelief is also there. It's in your heart. And so that was the issue. It's a heart issue. 
when belief or faith is present, let me tell you, it makes a difference as to whether or not you're going to receive the promise or not. And I'm convinced that the reason many of us have delayed and we're waiting for the answer to prayer, we've delayed in receiving the promise, is due to the fact the Lord is allowing His character to be developed in us. And for some of us, it takes longer than others. What are we doing? How come it's taking so long? Well, we're learning to suppress self. We're learning like doubting Thomas to suppress the doubts. Amen. We're learning to trust God regardless and believe Him and continue to put our faith in God. And as we do, we're putting on the character of Christ. You know, it's sad, but we've been waiting on God all this time. But I think in reality, God has been waiting on us to develop His character. Oh my. So that He can trust us with the promise. Now, there's another dimension that happens in this text. Remember that when the Lord visited her, and she was to conceive, and she conceived, that she didn't immediately give birth She had to wait several months, I would guess nine months. (laughs) She had to bear the promise for months after the Lord had visited her. She didn't just immediately take possession of this baby. I believe the Lord has already visited us, many of us. He's already visited us with a word of blessing to your promise. But often there's a period of time that we must bear that seed within us and give birth to the fulfillment of the promise. We bear the birth of the promise of what He has spoken to us through intercession. Through intercession. Now, how many of you know that just because you go to the OBGYN, uh, the baby doctor, is that that is it, right? I did get the right letters. Thank you, Floor. Nurse Floor corrected me there. Amen. And uh, you go to the doctor and you've taken the test as a, as a female, and uh, you have determined it's positive and you are pregnant. He says, "Well, congratulations, you're pregnant, and you're so many weeks." And you got so much to go here. And how many of you realize that doesn't mean that you automatically are going to carry that, that, is, that embryo within you full term. There's a process and there are some trimesters. And during that first trimester is a very challenging time. And how many of you know if you do certain things that you're not supposed to do while you're pregnant that you can actually harm your baby and even kill your baby? So there are things we must do in the physical realm to bear a healthy baby. And let me tell you, in the spiritual realm, hello, there are things that we must do to bear the promise of God into our lives. Because there can be some spiritual miscarriages along the way if we are not doing what we need to be doing. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about intercession. 
And I'm talking about confessing what God's Word says over you. And you keep standing in faith. You keep standing in belief. Amen. Because we are to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Now, eventually came the set time. And it was time for delivery. And her sorrow was turned to great joy. In verse 3 through 6, we read about it. And I'm getting ready to close in just a moment. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. And all who hear about this are going to laugh with me. Oh my. And no doubt this woman who had wept buckets of tears in her lifetime. In her 90 years of living in barrenness now. But on the day that she gave birth to the promise. All of the tears were turned into laughter. All of her sorrow of the birthing process was turned into joy. The Lord had turned her mourning into laughter. And God directed Abraham to name his son Isaac. And we know what Isaac means. The name Isaac means what? Laughter. Laughter. You know who had the last laugh on this deal? It was God. And just think about it. Because they were laughing when they first were told that she was going to, this was God's will, he, he was going to have a, a son through her, and, and now his name, every time they called laughter, hey laughter, come here, come here laughter, Isaac, amen, they could be reminded of this great miracle, and others who heard this could be reminded as well. Friends, we're reminded today that God will turn your morning into joy. Praise God. The musicians are coming now, and We're going to go to prayer in just a moment. Perhaps you can identify with Sarah. Not that you're 90 years of age, although Sister Long is probably identifying with that today. (laughs) Amen. But uh, perhaps you have wept buckets of tears over a situation in your life because there is barrenness in that situation. It doesn't necessarily mean a child that you're barren from, but it could be... Related to your work, it could be related to a loss that you had of of things, material things, or a loss of a loved one, a loss of relationship, something but you, a death, a divorce, whatever it may be, physical infirmity, you've lost your hearing, you've lost your sight, you've lost your mobility. But through that, you can identify with Sarah because she wept because of her loss. And you may have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed again, it seems like... That God is deaf to your prayers. Now I've got good news for you today. The Lord hears your cries. And He sees your tears. He sees your tears. And if you will continue to trust Him. Continue to put your faith in Him. Continue to obey Him. At the appointed time. There is an appointed time. He will visit you. He will visit you. And when, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when He does, His visitation will impregnate you with the promise of His purpose. But that doesn't mean it's going to, you're going to give birth to that immediately. You're going to have to bear that promise for a season. 
for a season. But one day at the set time, that promise is coming home. Amen. That loved one's going to get saved. Amen. Amen. God's going to hear your prayer. God's going to answer your prayer. And on that day, just like Sarah, He will turn your mourning into laughter and turn your sorrow and your tears into joy. Praise God. You receive that message today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, how many of you say, Pastor Marcus, I really would like to have a visitation from the Lord. Anybody here want to have a visitation from the Lord? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand together now. Because we're going to sing about it. But if you will put your trust in Him, if you'll put your faith in Him, at the appointed time, He will visit you. Amen. Let's worship the Lord now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, My for your trust grace. is in the name of the Lord who made heaven.